Jesus chose ordinary men fishing along the shore to join him in changing the world. He wasn't looking for perfectly polished people. He was looking for hardworking people who would be available. You don't have to be someone special to join Jesus in his work in the world. You just have to have the willingness to follow him. Join us today as we continue our series on Hooked, right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us today. And we believe that you are where you need to be today, listening to this podcast. And we know that God is going to give you a reason and a purpose of why he has you listening this to this today. And we are praying that he will do just that. All right, so welcome back to week number two of our Hook series. And if you weren't with us last week, it's worth noting that this is not a series about pirates, but it is a series about fishing, fishermen, nets, and the open sea, which we talked a lot about in week number one, where we learned uh, in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. And so as we expand upon this verse today, we are going to take a deeper dive into Jesus's original interactions with some of his disciples, and we're going to talk about who they were and how they responded to the call of Christ, and we're going to ask some questions along the way. We're we're going to ask, what can we learn from their response? What can we learn about our faith as we look at the kind of people Christ engaged in ministry? And what are the broader implications of spreading wide the kingdom net? And so as we learned last week, it's our job to participate in the spreading of the kingdom net, the gospel of Christ, as it gathers up all kinds of people, right? As many people as possible. And it says God will do his part, right? And he has invited us to be a part of that process, but it all starts with the divine invitation. So let's get started. Okay, so today's episode is titled, Follow Me. And in our main passage for today, it astounds me that Christ gets such a profound response to his words when he says, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And so I would like to read that today. We'll be in Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 16 through 20. And I'm actually going to be reading from the NLT translation today. So here, here's what it says. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, that word people, uh, in some translations, also says men, okay? But it either way means the same. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with hired men. So, how do we become fishers of men? Well, that is what we are going to talk about today. Jesus has three rules when it comes to being fishers of men. Here are the three rules of becoming fishers of men. The first rule that Jesus has, he says, is follow me. 
Jesus himself, right? Not me, follow Jesus. The invitation of Christ is really a simple one. It's not flashy, it's not padded in promises of the good life, and it's definitely not the kind of compelling sales pitch that you would normally think would elicit the levels of response that we see throughout Jesus' life. He is, after all, the Son of God, but, but think about it for a minute. What if you were in Simon and Andrew's shoes? Wouldn't there be questions, right? Wouldn't you want a little more information to make a final decision? At the very least, wouldn't you want to call a friend or a, a family member or a neighbor or something, right, to, just to make a decision, right? Well, the whole scene makes me think that there must be something else going on here. And actually, the Gospel of John helps explain things a little further. And so let's read that today. It's John chapter 1, starting with verse 35. Here's what it says. The following day, John, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. And then John goes on in verses 40 and 42. He says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The point that the Gospel of John makes is that the original disciples already had some idea of who Jesus was. John the Baptist had already been telling people, like what we read from John 135, that Jesus was the Lamb of God, and the Lamb of God is in reference to the sacrificial lamb, the Messiah that the Jews were waiting for. So they, so they knew something was going on here, right? Not to mention, news traveled fast in these early communities. You have to know there were whispers of the Messiah at dinner tables and trading posts and fishing boats and so on, right? So when Jesus shows up in front of Andrew and Simon Peter and says, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people, they were ready to go. They were ready to grow, right, ready to go. When, when John pointed out Jesus to his disciples and said, look, the Lamb of God, and when the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ in 1 Corinthians 11, and when you ask your neighbor to come to a special service at church, when any of these things happen, there's an invitation being extended. And when we extend the invitation, we extend the edge of the kingdom net. And so the second rule in becoming fishers of men is we need to extend that invitation. So think about this for a moment. The gospel means good news, right? And all of us listening on this episode today are more than willing to invite anyone into the good news we have to share. And what I mean by that is when we have something good that goes on in our lives, good news, right? We like to share it, like a new job, a promotion, or a grandchild, you know, or a new baby, or a trip to Cabo, uh, or a dog, right? Or our cats, no, we don't really like to share about cats. But anyway, so, <laughs> but it can go on and on and on, right? The gospel is inviting by nature because good news is always worth sharing. And last week in our episode, we talked about how the kingdom net gathers fish of every kind, or said another way, that the net is indiscriminate as it gathers. In other words, it's just anything it's gets caught in its net, it's dragging it in, right? There's no, there's nothing that's uh, saying, well, in the middle of that process of going, well, not that one or this one, right? This is a great reminder for us as we spread the kingdom net to others. If we'll share pictures of our kids with strangers on airplanes, then, then why wouldn't we also share the good news of Christ with them as well? 
Maybe it's because we think we have to save it for those who we think are ready for it, or, or maybe we're acting like kingdom screening agents. I don't know, right? But we also maybe need to remember that this is not how Jesus did it. See, we learn that the disciples are not a perfectly polished group. And think for a moment about the kinds of people gathered together through Christ in the Gospels. And, and these are just some of the ones that we know about, right? Peter, the uneducated, mouthy fisherman. Zacchaeus, the, the tax collector. Matthew, the tax collector. Mary, who was about to be stoned for her sins as a prostitute, right? If these same people were pre-screened for their kingdom worthiness, how many of them do you think would have made the final cut? Jesus tells us in Matthew 16, 18, that he is building his church. And we learn elsewhere that he's gathered this group, that what this gathered group might look like, right? John's vision from Revelation 7, 9 that we read last week, I'll read it again, was, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And Isaiah 49, 6 says, I will make you as a, as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. In and through Christ, we know the invitation is extended to all. There's no pre-screening, no value assessments, just the good news of saving faith. And what we see in response to Jesus and his first disciples is a radical response to his invitation. And this leads us to the third rule of becoming fishers of men, and that is an immediate response. There's an immediate response, or, or there's faith, right? As I've already mentioned, the original disciples probably heard whispers of Jesus. John the Baptist was busy preparing the way, and we know from the original timeline that Jesus was baptized, whisked away into the desert of temptation for 40 days, and then he began his ministry. So it's likely the early disciples had some inkling of what's going on. So let's look at the response of Andrew, Simon, James, and John from our Mark 1 passage. In there, it said, Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. And then James and John said they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of Mark highlights the immediacy with which these disciples responded to Christ's invitation. In fact, they literally walked off their jobs. Simon and Andrew dropped their nets while James and John left their father standing in the family boat. What an incredible sight, right? What an insight to see. Could you even imagine walking out of your job to answer the call of Christ? For some who have left their jobs to pursue ministry, this is a reality. For others, this is just an example, an ideal of what it could look like to exercise immediate faith and obedience. But no matter what, there's an overarching principle here. That sounds something like this, that when Jesus calls, it would be good to answer, right? When Jesus calls, it would be good to answer. And for the rest of us who aren't Jesus, it's our job to simply extend the invitation to everyone we can, right? Let Jesus do what Jesus does, and we do our part, which is extend the invitation to everyone we can. And some will respond in haste, some will take months, even years, and some will never come around. But the response is between them and God. But the invitation is something that we are called, and I might even say commanded to, right? According to Matthew 28, the great commandment, to be a part of, right? We got to be a part of it. So drop the nets, step off the boat, and start walking with Christ, inviting anyone and everyone to come along for the ride. Or as we like to say here at, at Chandler Acres is it's the venture. 
right? It's our venture is to be someone to do something and go somewhere for Christ. Uh, we believe it's the greatest, most amazing and challenging journey that any of us will ever take. Following Jesus, as many of you know, and many of you have learned throughout history, it isn't easy. One author puts it this way, puts it like this. She says, my experience with following indicates that it can be even more difficult than leading. Following requires humility, risk, attention, awareness, and guts. It means serving someone else's agenda and following his or her cues. Following requires that I let go of my own way and trail the leader. But everything in me resists trailing behind someone else, especially when I think I can make my own way or lead just as well. Following for any length of time tests both character and steadfastness. That's from Adele Calhoun from Imitations from God. Laying down your agenda, your expectation, hopes, and dreams, it will cost you everything following Jesus, right? And what do you gain in return? Well, you gain some of the greatest things, an eternity, a forever family, a divine love and acceptance, unlike anything this world has to offer. There's nothing in this world like the, the love of Jesus and the eternity that we get. Last week episode, in last week's episode, I asked you to be thinking of people in your life that you could just share the good news with. Well, today, in this episode, I'm asking you to do just that. I want you to pick one person off your list. And maybe you only had one person and choose that person. And I want you to drop the nets, step off the boat, answer the call, and extend the invitation of the good news. In other words, I want, to sh- I want you to go out and share the good news with somebody today. I pray this, this will be a tool for you today. I pray this will be an encouragement for you today to go and share the good news. I'm praying for you this day. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll join us next week as we wrap up our series on Hooked. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.